Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I'm Scott Soshman. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Double Deuce Sports Business Podcast, The Sportacast. All right, does that mean you've been reading up on cornhole, Evan? Is that what that means? I have played a little bit of cornhole in my life, yes. We called it bago, though, in, in college. And I don't know if that's a regional thing, Stacy. You may be able to tell me. But but I have played quite a bit of this game in, in, in my days. Yeah, I think the original bago was played on, like, small plastic boards. I think there was an actual version of cornhole called bago. Got All right, well, okay. well, hold on. First, let's tell everybody that's Stacy Moore, the commissioner of the American Cornhole League. And I got to tell you, Stacy, when I think of cornhole, when I think of college campuses, you know, Evan's like, oh, when we played in college, I, I'm not thinking of Princeton University. I, I'm, I, I mean, no, nothing against Princeton, Evan, and you and your pals and, and your reunions and all the stuff that you have. But this is not, I mean, Ivy League is not what comes to mind when I think about cornhole. Uh, Stacy, is that a mistake? Is that just me, me and my biases? Because I know a lot of people play, and it's you know it's popular everywhere. But is that just my bias, or does your data back that up? I think they actually play cornhole at Princeton as well. I think they play cornhole everywhere, so they might not be as good as the uh, ACC and Southeastern conference schools. But uh, you know, we do have John Thompson as one of our investors, as well as Jim, Jim Simmons. Go. So. So we actually have Princeton ties here at the ACL. Yeah, but you know Jim. We know Jim very well. He came to our Super Bowl event. So you know, have you? Did you talk cornhole? We we did. We talked a little cornhole. We talked a little pickleball as well. Uh, Yeah, Jim's a really interesting guy with a really interesting kind of diverse uh, portfolio. And obviously, I know I know JT as well. Yeah, great. See, this is it, Scott. You're you're making fun of Princeton as a as a cornhole power, but. You know, in the financing side, we're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stacey, help me out here. You, you mentioned those two investors. You went out and raised some money. Who do you target? You know, what's the pitch deck look like? What's, give me the elevator pitch for coming in on Cornhole. Yeah, actually, I was fortunate that uh, I didn't have to create a pitch deck and go out seeking funding. I had, uh, when people saw us on ESPN during the pandemic, I think that really opened up a lot of eyes in the financial world to say, Hey, you know, it's, we've seen it on, it's been on ESPN the past couple of years, but now we've seen it seven weeks in a row on ESPN. And this is pretty cool and a real thing. So I had several different groups reaching out to me and, um, and Jim and John were, were, were one of them and uh, went through a process with 
with two of them pretty deep and uh, decided that that they were the best fit for for me and and where I wanted to take this sport. There were a handful of, of sports that I would argue during the pandemic, just because of uh, of the timing of other things coming back, the the dearth of programming on stations like ESPN that I think really benefited from getting exposure in that time when a lot of leagues weren't happening. Do you look back on it as that way for 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 the cornhole league as well? That that the opportunity to reach a lot more people at a time when other leagues that otherwise would have been operating were not really yeah. helped from a commercial standpoint. Uh, sell both to investors and also to, uh, to, to, to fans as well. Yeah, we were, I mean, we were just in a really fortunate spot. I mean, we already had a long-term agreement with ESPN and we had a pretty good cadence going on. Uh, but when we were able to take advantage of the opportunity and ESPN was saying, Hey, we'll give you a four hour window on the main network seven weeks in a row during the pandemic. Right. We weren't going to have that kind of opportunity with all the other sports that they carry. So um, that certainly, I think, I think it just uh, accelerated, uh, you know, our path to to get some funding. We actually weren't even looking for funding at the time. Uh, we were still bootstrapping the sport and growing it. Uh, fortunately, we had some great sponsors like Johnsonville and and Bushes and uh, on board, and uh, so we were doing great on the sponsorship side. Uh, so we really didn't need capital, but uh, we knew to get to the to the level that we wanted to get to make this a uh, a truly global sport at some point in time, we were going to need to bring in some outside money. And uh, so good to get that process started. Evan, how polished is Stacy? We are, I'm looking at my counter here. We're 440 in. He's already named two sponsors <laughs> and I can't think of a more endemic by the way. When I think of sponsors that fit, you know, Johnsonville sausage and cornhole. I mean, I'm thinking I'm out grilling. That is an endemic sponsor that just makes sense. And I know you're happy with their partnership. They're happy with yours. Yeah, absolutely. They've been a fantastic partner. I believe we were counting up the years. I think we're on year five uh, with Johnsonville. So it's it's been a great run. Uh, coming up with our big Super Bowl event on Friday on Ocho Day, they're actually rolling out a sausage tunnel for the first time for for players to bust through. And uh, we're doing some, some really cool new activation stuff with them uh, around our big Super Bowl event. Look for now a big chatting. trophy to be unveiled as okay. well. Oh, uh, we're, we're chatting with Stacey Moore, Commissioner of the American Cornhole League. And Eben, are you like me? And we've worked together a very long time, Stacey. You know that, uh, Eben and I. Do you Did you just see headline by there with Sausage Tunnel? The sausage Tunnel and Super Hole, I think, is a so, great, yeah. it's a great <laughs> game for the biggest of the year. I think that's awesome. <laughs> is it, uh, for people who do not know, this is a very big week for Cornhole. And, and you mentioned the Ocho. And of course, that was always the, the joke from the movie um, dodgeball, but ESPN, to their credit, they, they they actually created a day of programming for what you would consider to be sort of offbeat sports, and it's an important date on the calendar. It, it has actually resonated with a lot of fans. It culminating this week, you guys are the centerpiece of Ocho on ESPN too. What does the the week mean? And you've already sort of sort of tacitly told us what the ESPN power means for you. I call it the Gary Bettman lesson, right? He left ESPN for NBC. And of course, now he sees how valuable that brand can be. Just kind of tell us how important is this week? And then uh, on the macro level, the tie up with an outlet like ESPN that has so many tentacles in the industry. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. It, we're very early on in the ACL World Championship week where we have seven straight days of cornhole. 
on the front end for the first time, we actually put the USA Cornhole National Championship. So we crowned the USA national team to represent the U.S. uh, competing in other parts of the world uh, last weekend. Now we roll into our professional league, but we also run intermediate tournaments, competitive tournaments, advanced tournaments. So we have over 2,000 players from 48 different states uh, in Rock Hill right now playing cornhole. So it's, well, which uh, two states are left out? Which two states are not represented and why? Alaska and Vermont. I would think so, Vermont uh, would have certainly. No, yes. You couldn't have a team of Ben and Jerry? I was like, I was like, can we not pay someone from Vermont to come down here so that we can have them represented? We got to figure that out. But yeah, so uh, yeah, a lot. But we we actually have a great contingent from Hawaii here, um, and in fact, one of their players, young sixteen year old, uh, almost won the competitive bracket in singles yesterday. Um, but yeah, we got a great group from from Hawaii here in town. Stacy, can you walk us through your, just the from a revenue standpoint, kind of what the business model is and, and how different it is from other leagues that I think a lot of our listeners are maybe familiar with, where ticket sales and TV are kind of the ba- the, the vast amount of of their revenue. I imagine for you, maybe it's events, it's sponsorships, it's licensing. Walk walk us through the way that the the, the cornhole league makes money. Yeah, so the traditional way is cornhole is a participatory sport, and so I think one of the advantages that we had again alongside the pandemic is that we weren't reliant on butts in seats to, to make money to stay alive. We were reliant on, on sponsorship and audience mm-hmm. and people being able to pay to play cornhole. Um, with cornhole being a portable sport, we were able to set up virtual events where we could actually still charge entry fees for mm-hmm. people to play cornhole in their own backyard to continue generating revenue that way off of participation. So we have over... 350 directors around the country that use our software that run over 3,000 tournaments a year. So uh, one of the ways we generate revenue is off our software and membership fees uh, from people playing cornhole. Then obviously sponsorship around what we do for our national events and what we put on television is a big revenue driver. And then we've launched a really creative licensing model that I think is, is pretty unique in sports where not only do we license our mark, but we license the level of equipment. So we have over 61 licensees that will put the ACL Pro, ACL Competitive, or ACL Rec stamp on their product. That way consumers know when they walk into a store what level of product that we're, that we're buying. We think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really important that, that consumers know the level of, of equipment that you can't walk into to a Walmart and pay $60 for a set of boards and think that that's what we're using on ESPN. So to be able to distinguish things without equipment, Mark, is not only really good for our sport, but it's also a great revenue driver for us. So you guys are, are part part league and part governing body, it kind of sounds like, kind of doing both of those things in, in, in various ways. Yeah, we definitely, we do more testing of equipment than anyone else out there. Um, and we're going to continue to grow and develop the, the, uh, the sport in a more scientific way, let's say. I am oh, I was fascinated, Stacey, the first time that you and I chatted in, in New York in Bryant Park, you know, it just seemed like the perfect venue where people would be out playing cornhole. But as we drilled down into the business components, I was absolutely fascinated. And there's no way the general public has an understanding uh, of your business. Can you walk me through? So here I am. You just mentioned Walmart, one of your retailers, right? One of your, one of your partners. Can you walk me through sort of price points, 
and and what your cut is. What do you get? I, I, there are different. By the way, Edmund, if you didn't know this, there's different bags. There's like the professional bag with the with the you know the stuff in it that's better than what you'd get for sort of you're just you're playing in your backyard. The boards are different. That your boards are a specific type of wood, only one kind of wood. Can you walk us through the different models, the price points, and what your deals allow for your take? Yeah, I would say when you're looking at uh, an ACL rec product for cornhole boards, you're looking at $100 and less, maybe 100 upwards to 150 could still be considered a rec board normally. Um, on the bag side, if they're corn bags, they're definitely rec bags. But uh, typically, you know, you can go out and buy a, a really cheap set of cornhole bags or what we would call ACL rec bags uh, for anywhere around $20, $20 or less. Um, then when you're moving up to the competitive level board wise, you'll see prices 250 to $350. Uh, our competitive bags will start around $40 a set. You'll see some go upwards of $80 for, for a set of four bags, not eight, but just a set of four. Um, and then on the ACL pro level side, we actually have four sets, four bags selling for, as much as $150. Uh, and then our ACL Pro boards sell for around $500. And our licensing model, we're making anywhere from 5 to 15%, depending on the, uh, the stamp and the volume that that licensee drives for us. And if think I'm about, playing... Evan, think about that. Think about that. Five. To, this is such a great... I love this business model. And who would have thunk? And just so I understand, so if I'm playing in one of the the kind of the, the the many many hundreds of rec leagues you're talking about around the country, I also have to be doing so on one of these tiers of boards that you guys are licensing. Is that right? Yeah. So on the board side, we've been less stringent on, and we're rolling out more board requirements uh, as we evolve. Uh, right. There was already an existing infrastructure of cornhole boards out there that that directors were using to run events. Uh, but what we, what we did start out is we did mandate that you have to use ACL licensed bags and ACL points events. So the majority of our 61 licensees are manufacturing cornhole bags and they're evolving those bags. And we've approved, I think, close to 400, 450 different types of series of bags out there right now. So there's there's a plethora to choose from uh, in the cornhole bag world. And when you come out to one of our events, you see people pulling these uh, these Zuka cases that are filled with multiple sets of cornhole bags. And based on the current board conditions, our pros will will pull out a certain set of bags that that fit the board conditions. So if it's humid, you want something different than if it's super dry and super hot or cold. Yeah, yeah, because humidity has a has 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 a big uh, has a big impact on how fast or slow the boards will play. Uh, One of the things I do remember, remember from watching some of the cornhole on ESPN is just how incredibly good these players are, right? It, it looks nothing like the the cornhole game that that me and my friends would play during a tailgate or something. It is it's it's pretty amazing how how talented they are. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it, it's uh, it, it's really cool to come out and see in, in person and the intensity around the broadcast court since everyone is sitting right, kind of on top of the players and the players. You know, you'll see them a lot of times they're wearing AirPods to try to drown out the noise and what the crowd's saying to them and listening to music. <clears throat> but if they don't have those in, they basically, they're hearing the announcers, they're hearing everything that the crowd says to them. And as we do these celebrity events with like NFL players and things like that, that's one of the things they comment on most is that 
wow, these fans are really on top of you and versus, you know, throwing a football in an NFL stadium where you're just hearing basically white noise around you, let's say, you know, you're hearing exactly what the people are calling you and, and saying about you. It kind of sounds to me like professional darts in some ways, right? Where, where everybody I know who, who's gone to, especially in overseas in the UK, goes to a professional darts event. They say the, the crowd involvement and, and the kind of the proximity to the, the, the players who are playing makes it a, a really awesome live event experience. Yeah, I think darts is a great, uh, the UK darts and the way the crowd gets into those events is, is something that we certainly strive to create that kind of atmosphere uh, around our events. We're chatting with Stacy Moore, the commissioner of the American Cornhole League. And Stacy, one of your, your former companies was called the, what Tailgating Ventures. And I think it's smart. You stumble into something, even if it didn't work, you get a new derivation. When I go to NFL events, I, I think the best part of the day is the tailgate. Like you, fi- you figured out, and, and the NFL, by the way, you know, the, the, the granddaddy of them all, the NFL was also now trying to figure out how to monetize tailgate. They realized it's extra time that you can touch point with your customers. So I thought that that was a brilliant move. Uh, can you can you give us a, kind of a scale of where your your revenue is now and, and a historical track where it was, where it is, what your growth prospects look like? Um. We're doing well. (laughs) Hockey stick well, straight line up well. How well are we doing? We're we're definitely uh, we're definitely uh, straight lining up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, we got we do we uh, we we actually probably have a hockey stick model that is actually working for a for a startup company, right? Most startup companies that I've been involved in that always had the predictions of the hockey stick. The hockey stick never really worked. Uh, so I think this is one of the ones it's, it's been, um, it's just been a, it's, it's been an amazing growth. Like I said, both on the sponsorship side and the license re- revenue side is, uh, is what's been a great driver for us. Um, so yeah, we are, we are, uh, cash flow positive, um, and, and profitable and, and growing. If you have a sense on, on data, how many Americans play cornhole? In a given year, I'd, I'd love to know kind of how how popular it is. Yeah, look at Evan thinking small. He just wants Americans. I'm thinking around the world. He's thinking Americans. Also, right. Yeah, <laughs> <awesome. laughs> yeah no, I mean, I think uh, you know, basically, I like to answer this question with how many people are out there tailgating. <laughs> Almost everyone tailgating is playing cornhole at some level. So we still have a long way to go, right? We've only got around two hundred thousand active players in our database, and we figure there's probably you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 million people that have picked up a cornhole bag at some point in time in their life. Um, so we still have a long way to go and a lot of equipment to sell people. Um, we believe that the equipment market, if we do this sport right internationally, could could approach a billion dollars, you know, within the next five to seven years, which which, which would be a I, pretty, I love that you just said. pretty nice size. Yeah, I love that you just said our database. More and more companies now are understanding their customer data better and utilizing it in, in myriad ways. What do you know about your customers and how do you generate revenue from what you're gleaning from the data that you collect? Yeah, so we're really, you know, one of our, if I would say we have, we have a weakness or, or something that we, we haven't really focused on to date because we've just been growing so much organically is that we really haven't developed a proactive marketing plan to really dissect 
our customers and create a marketing strategy uh, to really attack that. But I think we're getting to that point right now. And so we are starting to, to segment and say, you know, who are our customers? Who, who's our target? You know, this customer is buying this level of equipment. You know, we're trying to, to get to that point so we can be a lot more, um, a lot more aggressive in our, in our marketing approach. So I would say our, you know, our core customer is, is the everyday American that uh, middle income uh, just loves to play cornhole with their family. Um, we do have quite a broad range though. We, you know, our youngest pro is 12 years old. Our oldest is, is 65. We have people from all walks of life. We have uh, we have an Asian female player that has a PhD and, you know, she could be playing cornhole next to someone that doesn't have a, a high school degree. Um, so it's really kind of all over the map. And that's really one of the cool things about cornhole is that. What's your gender breakdown? Everyone. What's your gender breakdown? Does it skew male? It definitely skews male. Um, so out of our 256 pros, 32 of them are female. Um, our television audience is about 75% male, 25% female. Um, so we, we're definitely skewing male, uh, and focused on continuing to grow the female side of our, of our business and our sport. Is, is there a group that you look at around the sports world that, that has a model that you are cribbing from or looking at as really interesting? Is it PGA? Is it USTA? Who, who do you look at around, around the world and say that that's a business model that I like that, that I might want to borrow from? Yeah. So I definitely borrowed a lot from, from the USTA. I grew up a, a competitive uh, tennis player uh, in the USTA system. Uh, so I was very familiar with that and, and thought that that cornhole um, had a lot of similarities in terms of, hey, we got people of all kinds of different skill levels. We got to figure out how to break those break those those groups up and, and create peer to peer competitions. And so we've been able to do that with our point system and our power rankings um, pretty successfully. And so uh, but the USTA golf bowling, um, I look a lot at even. You know, the UFC, I've taken some things from as well. So um, love to learn from all the other sports that have been out there doing a lot longer than me. Now, Stacey, I know I'm going to be way ahead on this question. I know that. I, but ju- just, just please entertain me. But rainy days, global competition, what about cornhole in the metaverse? Like I could see virtual competitions Yes. You know, me versus somebody in China, me versus somebody in Europe. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be on the beach or right there playing with each other. I could definitely see that working. Absolutely. Am I insane? No, you're not insane at all. And um, it's something that we're definitely, I've already started thinking about. We're actually uh, have a video game that's supposed to be launching very soon on uh, on the major platforms. So uh, hopefully that gets out sooner than later. And then we're going to look at conquering the metaverse. I love it. What, what about setting up like team, like a league team structure, selling individual franchises? Are we looking at that? Yeah. So we actually, so we did run a team's competition for the first time this season. We had an actual draft. We had a two day draft. Uh, and so we did our, uh, a team's model and concept. And uh, we're going to be expanding on that for next season. We, we really like uh, how it went. And uh, 
yeah, I've, I've, I've looked and I, I saw what the big three did with, with NFTs that I thought was really interesting. Um, so whether we go the franchise route or NFT route, uh, I certainly see that for cornhole teams in the near future. How, what Stacey, is Evan going to have to pay you for a team? There you go. What's Evan going to have to pay you for a team? I don't know. Somewhere more than a dollar, probably less than $10 million. <laughs> Wide range. <laughs> How much do you play, Stacey? How many bags do you throw in a, in a given week? Oh, man. Uh, in a given week, uh, zero. <laughs> I might throw uh, – I might get a game or two in uh, during a month. Um, I don't I don't play a ton. I like to play for fun, uh, play recreationally. Uh, I'll try to get you know the pros to spot me like 19 points to see if I can uh, get to 21 before them, and that rarely happens. Although I did get our analyst Trey Ryder, he spotted me um, 15 one time, and I did get him. So that's my that's my signature win of the of the year as I beat our ESPN analyst Trey Ryder. And I see I see behind you, by the way, you've got a, a North Carolina State and a South Carolina branded uh, cornhole boards behind you. I imagine that's also a big part of the of, of the licensing business you're doing is you know cro- cross licensing with professional teams, and I would think particularly uh, big college programs in terms of, of doing boards and bags that bear their logos as well? Yeah, we've just been able to get into the licensing game with uh, with Learfield and rolling out our, our college licenses. Um, and since I went to NC State in South Carolina, I, I definitely have those boards proudly displayed uh, behind me and, and wanted to make sure that we got those licenses first. <laughs> Was that Chris Corciani, Rodney Monroe? Like those, That's the big NBA, that's, like the fire and ice, right? Yeah, those are my college years, fire and ice. All right, I uh, I played against Tom Gugliotta in high school. What does oh. that mean to you? Nothing. Oh yeah, uh, Tommy Gugs. G was pretty good. Yeah, he Gugs was pretty good. One of my good. favorite Wolfpack players of all time, no doubt. He's a Long Island boy. Uh, States, let me ask you this: I ask almost you know all commissioners, founders, this question: What keeps you up at night? Oh man, really, what keeps me up at night is uh, some type of pro player controversy. Um. You know, we we haven't had the uh, Tiger Woods effect for our sport, and that's something that I really want to see happen for us. At some point in time, I know that for us to elevate our sport to the next level, we're going to have to have, you know, well-known international superstars uh, to carry us to, to the next level. So uh, identifying or, or figuring out how that's going to happen organically is uh, is one of the things that, that keeps me up at night quite a bit. Um, as you can imagine, most of our players still have full-time jobs. They didn't grow up like a lot of people who become NFL players or NBA players that start getting educated on how to be, quote, professional, you know, as early as junior high with a lot of these guys, right? They, you know, they're starting to get groomed and and trained on 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 how to how to act professionally, how to attract sponsors and those types of things. And so we're going you know, we're going through that, you know, painful process with a lot of these players in real time. I was going to ask you, Stacey, if, if I was the best cornhole player in the world, and, and forgive me, I don't know his name or her name, what does my compensation structure look like? How much am I making from both competing in events and winning them and also from a, from a sponsorship standpoint? What's the, what's the opportunity there financially for me? Yeah, so some of our top players this past year were able to crack, you know, the $100,000 mark in terms of sponsorships. Um, and then let's say player wise, they'll make anywhere from 50 to 150 grand probably during the season. Um, 
kind of in, in our top 20% of our, of our players. Um, but that's something that I feel like, um, you know, given the stature that we have and for our prize pools to be where they are, I mean, that's, that's something that we need to significantly increase. My goal is obviously for all of our 256 pros to be able to play cornhole full time. Um, I'd like to see that, but we got to exponentially increase our prize pool for that to happen. A lot of leagues these days, upstarts, uh, niche leagues, they rely on influencers, celebrities to sort of drive awareness. And who who would I know? Who's the biggest celebrity or, or influencer who helps out the world of cornhole? I would say the biggest name that has caught the biggest buzz has been uh, the, the biggest bug, I would say, cornhole bug has been Shamar Moore. Uh, Shamar Moore and David Lim from the cast SWAT Shamar on CBS. Moore? I would have said like, yeah. this is how old and this is how old and tired I am in the de- in the demographic. I would have said Shamar Moore from Criminal Minds. <laughs> yeah, from Criminal Minds. Yeah, Right. So he, uh, you know, he transformed his backyard into a, a mecca called Airmail City, where he has three sets of boards and they're constantly playing cornhole out there. He's had a lot of pros out there uh, helping helping him sharpen his game, uh, and so he's. He's been one of the the bigger names that, on a consistent basis, uh, is out there playing. And then during our Super Bowl events, you know, we've got Doug Flutie who won our Super Bowl two last year. He'll be coming in and defending his title in Super Bowl three here this Friday. He's going to be going up against Jay Cutler uh, in the first round, who <laughs> won our Chicago event. And so we're going to have Flutie versus Cutler here at here at Super Bowl. Um, we've got Mike, the situation from Jersey shore, who's going to be down here playing. We've got flavor Flav is going to be emceeing the event. Um, so yeah, the, the way that we cross over with celebrity and other sports, even during the pandemic, we had like a lot of baseball players and, and other athletes that were, that were at home, right. They started doing trick shots. And so like we were, we were doing trick shot videos with them on a regular basis and interacting with them. But we're seeing, you know, and you may recall the NBA players were playing cornhole in the bubble, um, you know, back then. So that's one of the really cool things about our sport is that we have a natural crossover with other celebrities and other athletes and other professional sports. That is something that I realized early on was was unique and very powerful. And uh, with our Super Bowl series, we're starting to take full advantage of that. Evan, you ready for my free advice portion of the show? Well, you don't have to pay uh, me for this, AC. No, nice. I, saw, I, I saw yesterday that the Amazon is utilizing these fellas in like the alternative NFL broadcast. It sounds like when you're talking trick shots and things, I'm waiting to see Dude Perfect and Cornhole. Like That's you want right. to vote my son and you got to get the Dude Perfect dudes in there trying some stuff. That must yeah. have already happened. There's been, there's been talks about it. I think, I think for whatever reason... Financially, was uh, something financial was preventing that from happening, but hopefully, hopefully, I like that something gap financial. <laughs> yeah, here's the something financial. They wanted a lot of money, and you didn't want to pay a lot of money. That's the something <laughs> financial part, right there. Maybe not that I didn't want to pay it; I couldn't afford to pay it at the time. <laughs> I like the at the time qualifier. Very good. We know you're busy at headquarters. Can you do us a favor? Can you rotate your camera there on your computer? You like the action's really on the other side of you, just to get, uh, let everybody so, see what's real. What's going on right there? How many folks you have there, like ch- chucking bags? Yeah, so so our our headquarters right here in Rock Hill, we actually uh, built a uh, a fourteen court kind of showcase area here at the ACL HQ for people to come. And what's happening right now is 
people are already playing sit and go tournaments. So they're paying $20 to enter a single elimination tournament. You know, the winner is going to win a couple hundred bucks and, uh, and be able to buy beer for the rest of the day. Um, but yeah, the HQ is already packed here at uh, we're 11 a.m. Open their doors at nine, and uh, down here in Rock Hill, they start at nine. They'll probably end at midnight tonight. Well, I love it. Now, well, uh, what I'll be doing at midnight tonight is because you got my craving. I'm going to get some uh, Johnsonville brats. How about you, Evan? That's what I'm in the mood for right now. <laughs> Excellent. I think I'm going to get the Bush beer. We can. Uh, we'll do both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my way. Happy to do it. All right. Stacy Moore, Commissioner of the American Cornhole League. Thanks so much for taking some time, Stacey. We do appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. All right, Eben, I wasn't I wasn't kidding. Like I, I'm suddenly in the mood for sausage. And you know, I, out of deference to our guest, you gave us some time. I'll go get a Johnsonville. That's fine by me. But yeah, the a little bush beer and uh and Johnsonville brought sounds like an okay day to me. A really fascinating business model, Scott. It's Isn't it? I told it. you. Yeah, it, it, part of it, th- the licensing stuff is great. Also, the the idea, he hinted at it right at the end there, you know, quick little $20 to enter single elimination tournaments. It, it almost sounds like the real tangible version of what esports is doing in a lot of ways, right? These these quick hitters, anyone can enter. Someone's going to win a lot of money. Um, yeah, I think it's a fr- from, from the bottom up, from the grassroots level that he's talking about, all the way up through the 250 or 260 pros that he's talking about. It's a really interesting business model that is, you know, as I said, they're kind of part professional sports league and then part sport governing body as well. Uh, I would take the licensing model. He talked about the Learfield NCA deal, like with the schools. I would take it, drill it down a little more. I would have individual competitions at universities and I would also license to uh, fraternities and sororities. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, whatever, you know, a, a specific a fraternity brand or sorority brand for that tournament. Uh, I love the licensing business. I love this. I thought it was so interesting the first time I talked to Stacy uh, in New York, and then to to see it on ESPN, to see the growth has has been pretty neat. So glad we had him on. Agreed, agreed. And yeah, who knows what the I mean, what the future is? Is there cornhole in the Olympics in in twenty years? I mean, we'll, we'll see what the growth happens. All right, I'll do the closing because you didn't seize the opportunity. So clearly. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, let let me do it. I, I can see it. All right. He is Eben Novi Williams on the Twitter, Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Sashnick on Twitter at Sashnick. Matt Whitehurst is our producer. Thank you very much, Matt. Our digital media editor is Cora Veltman. This is where you stumble sometimes, Eben. She likes it when we remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of what will capital big S-O-O-N become the Sportico Media Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.